0: This is a Live Well Talk on COVID-19. This is the Weekly Update. I'm Dr. Dustin Arnold, Chief Medical Officer at St. Luke's Unity Point Health, Cedar Rapids. Some news coming up uh, this week, the Omicron variants start to influence uh, positivity rate. It's up to 3% in the United States, so the predominantly it remains Delta. And, and we've seen that here at the hospital in that we have a consistent elevation of new COVID patients admitted to the hospital. Uh, yesterday, it was 75% were unvaccinated, 25%, which is up. It had been about 15 uh, were vaccinated, and four of them actually had a booster, but it hadn't been enough time since they've gotten the booster for it to be effective. We made the change this week to cut curtail outpatient elective surgeries and inpatient surgeries that require a bed postoperatively, and we've limited those uh, surgical cases to ones that are urgent or emergent. But the Omicron variant uh, continues to concern people because of the high transmissibility. But if you look at South Africa, uh, they they had no deaths or or maybe one death, but it was like single digits. So uh, that is consistent with coronaviruses. As they spread, they uh, become weaker. And I do feel that uh, a little bit of optimism that uh, the Omicron variant may be uh, a sort of natural immunity herd uh, immunity uh, sort of instigator because people may get it and not get sick and have mild illnesses this week FDA strengthened the warning of the Johnson and Johnson uh, blood clot Uh, I found this very um, unusual that they would do that Uh, and I think knowing that the low platelets the blood clots and the possibility of uh, thrombosis which is a medical term for blood clot, with that vaccine, if, again, when you get a vaccination, you should sit down with your physician or your healthcare provider and discuss with them the risk benefits. And at this time, I would not recommend the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. Uh, with them strengthening that warning, that just elevates it to um, a concern where I would have a very low threshold to say, no, I think we should just stick with the Moderna and the Pfizer, the messenger RNAs, I did have some data in front of me as far as vaccinations. So for asymptomatic screening, so these are patients that are tested prior to surgical procedure to make sure they don't have COVID, right? And for unvaccinated, it is 5% positivity, meaning people just walk around and they think they need to have a surgery or not, that they need to have a surgery. It's not they think they need to have a surgery. And it turns out that they, 5% of them have are unvaccinated. Fully vaccinated without a booster was 3%, and fully vaccinated with booster is 1.69%, 1.7%. Now, let's go over symptomatic testing. Patients come to the emergency room, into an urgent care, in a doctor's office. Uh, they do have a symptoms. They are tested. If they're unvaccinated, they have a percent positivity of 23%. Fully vaccinated without a booster, 16%, and fully vaccinated with booster, just under 6%. So there is, you have, let's do some quick math here, you are four times as likely to get COVID if you're unvaccinated. And so the vaccine with the booster, particularly like we've talked about many times before in that high risk category is certainly an advantage and does does provide protection and prevents you from being in the emergency room and uh, dying. And so in the hospital and dying. And so I strongly recommend that. Flu shots uh, are available and strongly recommend those as I do every year, that's no different. But this year it's probably more important as we talked previously. There's a theory that since we didn't have a flu season last year that we would have no carryover immunity, which usually happens each year. And so that we might have a worse flu season. Now the first week we started measuring this, we it, it was 13 cases in our lab, all influenza A. It doubled to about 24 uh, the next week, and then it dropped back to 13. So uh, we'll get another report on Monday, and let's hope that continues to drop and and stay low. You know, one of the common questions I get is that what's causing this number, this COVID uh, increases? And I think it's I think it's factors of three things. The first is the Delta, and the loss of efficacy of the vaccines uh, to Delta. And then the loss of the the second thing is the loss of the vaccines, uh, efficacy or um, strength, if that's uh, describes a situation. And then the third is I don't think you can overlook uh, seasonality. It's this, this is a time your people get sick and the Thanksgiving holiday. And so with that, with Christmas coming up, uh, and uh, the New Year's and people taking time off and going family, going to church services. Uh, I recommend for the Christmas that one you get a vaccine with a booster, a flu shot. Uh, socially distance when you can, uh, and wear a mask uh, when you can, uh, or when you're when you're really in close scenarios that have poor ventilation, uh, particularly traveling in uh, a train or airplane or road tripping in the car. Uh, that those are the times that that ventilation is so key. In addition to the masking and the social distancing, if possible, if if ability to do such, uh, is also wash your hands frequently and uh, don't share eating utensils or, or drinking cups. And I think if those can be accomplished, it should be a, 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 a merry uh, season for all of us. And let's hope we don't have a spike in Uh, January. So, So with that, I'd like to wish everyone a Merry Christmas to my Canadian listeners. Happy Boxing Day. And we'll have another episode of The Mailbag where I answer questions from our listeners. Welcome back to The Mailbag. Mailbag is a new segment or newer segment of the podcast where I'll periodically answer questions. Uh, from our listeners on trending medical topics. Today, the questions are related to virology and COVID. First question is from a listener named Rick. When was the first mRNA vaccine administered to humans? Is this technology new since the pandemic began? Uh, the first messenger RNA vaccine uh, is the Pfizer followed by the Moderna. This technology has been around for a while, this uh, amplification, amplification of messenger RNA to tell your body to do certain things. And I, I think it's really going to become a fascinating subject, and I really think it's going to influence medicine as we go forward and as my career starts to wind down. I mean, they, they, someday we may just get uh, give diabetic type one diabetic patients a shot, maybe once or twice a year, where they get a messenger RNA to tell their beta isolate cells in their pancreas to make insulin and can actually cure their diabetes, or for uh, how to fight off cancer, et cetera. So it's fascinating technology, but this is the first time that it's been used clinically. I believe they did try to use messenger RNA for a dengue fever uh, vaccination, uh, and that that had some nuances to it. And also they've tried for decades to get uh, an HIV vaccine. And I believe the early ones, I don't know if they're messenger RNA, but they actually made people more susceptible to HIV. So that obviously wasn't a great idea, Uh, but uh, that. Yeah. But to summarize for Rick that messenger RNA, this is the first time the vaccines have been used using that technology. Our next question is from Molly. What is the latest on the vaccines effect on reproductive health? Molly, this continues to be a a medical myth. Uh, We do not have definitive evidence that uh, vaccines influence uh the uh reproductive health of the males or females uh and vaccines are safe to use Uh, I think it's completely reasonable even though there's no indications that it may be harmful uh to the fetus but there hasn't been any long-term studies and I think it's completely reasonable to uh if a if if you choose not to do it while you're pregnant I, I completely support that um but uh As far as recommendations from the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology, they do recommend pregnant women uh, receive the vaccine. The next question is from Bob. Is it true viruses get weaker over time and are you seeing this COVID-19? Well, we mentioned earlier in the podcast that, yes, they do. They should get weaker over time. Um, Unlike the uh, outbreak and uh, these various other apocalyptic television shows where the viruses become more virulent and kill more people and um, zombie apocalypse, et cetera. Uh, that's not how viruses behave. Uh, viruses that are very deadly, like Ebola, they tend never to leave the village because they kill people uh, before they can spread it. And so this Omicron variant may be what we need as far as spreading natural immunity, okay, without causing significant illness. And so th- this there is an upside to the Omicron variant that we, that we didn't see with Delta. Early on in Delta, well, even now in delta we see individuals hospitalized and are uh, critically ill uh, the unvaccinated and it, do, it at this time it doesn't see, we'll seem like we'll see that with the omicron variant which uh, i'm cautiously optimistic that that, that may play uh, as a benefit to us One, our last question is from virginia can you explain what monoclonal antibodies are and who is eligible and how it helps patients monoclonal antibodies are synthetic antibodies that are given to fight the, the virus Uh, like the ones that your body would make so we give an infusion of these antibodies and they prevent the virus from uh, uh, attaching to cells and and replicating uh, and subsequently let you uh, uh, fight off the illness they enhance your immune system that's that's a good way to describe it patients eligible eligible are uh, any patients that have over a 25 BMI uh, which which is just about everyone And are over the age of twelve, I believe. It goes down to twelve. Strongly recommended: patients that are high risk for complications, chronic medical illness, active cancer, solid organ transplant, and those over the age of sixty-five. We've been using this. Um, We've actually, oh gosh, halfway through the month, we've done two hundred this month. Uh, We do about seventeen to eighteen a day, uh, six days a week. We we don't do them on Sundays, and it's good to get them in earlier. In the illness so when symptoms start you're eligible to receive it out to day 10. But one caveat is once you're on oxygen once you're hypoxic and you need supplemental oxygen it's not been shown to be a benefit it's too late you need to give it sooner in the illness and so it it i think it has been a game changer as far as keeping people out of the hospital and i strongly recommend it and discuss with your clinician if you believe that you need it, you can always call 319-369-7211, which is the main number of St. Luke's, and get connected to the infusion center. And we'll help walk you through how to get set up with that uh, if you are indeed eligible. Uh, And top of the hat or uh, congratulations to our emergency department physicians. They've been outstanding in getting people in as soon as possible. And uh, Jeremy and his crew in the infusion center uh, truly (laughs) truly are healthcare heroes and are simply amazing at uh, how hard they're working and really, truly saving people's lives. And that's all for the mailbag today. If you'd like to submit a question in the mailbag, go to unitypoint.org slash mailbag. I'll answer questions on COVID-19 or any other latest medical technologies or follow-ups from previous podcasts or clarifications, I should say. Please note, however, the mailbag is not an alternative to medical care. Uh, you should take your personal health problems to your primary care physician or clinician. Uh, And as always, if you are in an emergency, dial 911 or present to the nearest emergency room. Thank you for listening to the COVID-19 update. Merry Christmas. And as we said earlier, happy Boxing Day to our Canadian listeners. Uh, For the latest in COVID-19 vaccine information and more, visit unipoint.org. Thank you for listening to Live Well Talk On. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your family, friends, neighbors, strangers, about our podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast. Until next time, be well.